Hi, friends. Welcome to Unyielding, a podcast for Pathways to Hope Network. Our goal for this podcast is to connect with mothers of children facing the juvenile court system. We want to use this platform to give a voice to the challenges you're facing while you're learning to navigate the sometimes scary and uncertain world we enter when our child has been charged with a crime. For the next 30 or so minutes, we hope that you will feel seen and cared for. We hope that you are reminded of your value and that you leave a little stronger than you arrived. We hope you are reminded that you have sisters out here who silently walk beside you in solidarity. Most importantly though, we hope to honor the always beautiful, often heart-wrenching, unyielding love that a mother has for her child. Hi friends. There's a common denominator in me and each of the parents I work with. Our parenting styles, values, and belief systems may differ, but we all cope or manage similarly when things go off the rails with our child. It doesn't matter whether it's been a slow build leading up to this point or our child stumbled into the deep end overnight. We feel discouraged, angry, and worried as we come to a realization that the influence we once held over our child's decisions and ultimately their safety is slowly dwindling. And with that dwindling, our ability to control the atmosphere of our home is also on the decline, and it feels as if we are adjusting to a new reality where the rules of the game have changed, but no one gave us the courtesy of sharing them. Or even worse, it can feel like there are no rules. The way we've always handled issues that arose seems to no longer be effective. And that's a frustrating place to be as a parent. And so, when what used to work no longer works in terms of discipline or even having a connection with our teen, we enter into a state of disbelief and become unsure of what it looks like to move through this season with our child successfully. Because let's face it, we all want to get it right. Even when things aren't going right, we still want to get it right. And why is getting it right important? Well, of course, the first thought that comes to me is that it's important we get it right because we love our kids. I mean, in most cases, more than we love ourselves. We want them to do well, to avoid struggling, to take the path that leads to happiness and fulfillment all without stumbling or falling because that's what we did, right? Oh, wait, we didn't. But maybe that's part of it too. Maybe because we didn't. And that was painful, and we had hard lessons along the way, and we want our children to be able to avoid all of that. And if we were to reflect honestly on this a little further, we could acknowledge that getting it right is important because being a parent is a huge part of our identity. How we do it largely influences how we feel about ourselves, how we believe our child views us, and how we believe others view us. So it makes sense then that we would want to do it well. For all those reasons and so many more, getting it right is important to us. But how do we get it right? What is right? How do you handle this situation in a way that leads to success? That's the real question in the heart of every parent I meet with. How do I do this? And how do I do this right? 
because it can feel at times like you're stuck in a pinball machine. There's a trigger and a response and a trigger and a response and wait, another trigger and a response. In the beginning, there really isn't a lot of healthy coping or managing of our emotions going on. Instead, our actions are being led by our instincts, interpretations, assumptions, and fears. But I've come to learn in my own experiences and work with families that every action we take has two truths attached to it. The first truth is that our actions have value, meaning they produce a result. Sometimes it's the result we were after and other times it's not. And the second truth is that our actions always require energy. When our energy is low, our actions or responses look different than when our energy is high. We see this all the time in the way we respond in traffic, the food choices we make when we're tired, and the patience we have for our kids when it's been a long day at work, or even just a long day with them. All of our actions require energy from us. So how do these two truths show up with parents in the stages of early teenage turmoil? Well, if it's okay, I'll share my personal experience on this and we'll see if you can relate. With my teenager, I often struggle with feeling like every sidestep my child makes should be addressed. They didn't get done what I asked them to do? Address it. They haven't showered since when? Address it. They left their stuff laying around everywhere? Address it. They aren't doing well in school? Address it. They were disrespectful in tone or actions. Address it. They need a haircut. Address it. They yelled at a younger brother or sister. Address it. They're hanging out with questionable friends. Address it. They're driving too fast. Address it. They should have a job. Address it. They spend too much time on their phone or computer. Address it. And do I need to continue? My point is, I recognize that once my kids hit the teen years, I seem to shift into becoming judge and jury over every area of their life. So let's look at this through the lens of our two truths. First truth, every action has value. If every action has value, then what is the value tied to my addressing every misstep my teens make? Well, after giving this some thought, I've discovered that there seems to be an underlying sense of urgency that creeps in as I begin to realize that my kids are headed into adulthood. And that often means that I feel this strong urge to uh, become kind of hyper vigilant in ensuring that certain lessons are learned and certain values are instilled. And what began as, you know, teaching small manners to my kids, like saying please and thank you or taking their dishes to the sink, it starts to morph into this parenting nightmare of feeling the urge to ensure that my kids are, quote, ready for the world. In other words, it feels like bases are loaded and there's no room for error. So in this scenario, the value of my action is tied to what I perceive is needed for my child's success. And in my heart, success equals happiness and contentment in my child's life. And so I rarely miss an opportunity to address what needs to be addressed. Now, is it any wonder that my teen begins to pull away or roll his eyes or get irritated with me? Of course not. 
I mean, as he's inching and sometimes even bounding towards independence, I'm going full throttle the opposite way towards control and what to him feels like criticism. And it doesn't matter to him that it's being done out of love. And listen, I get it. I 100% get it. I remember growing up during my teen years and feeling like my own mom always had something to say about everything. I mean, it drove me crazy. But I think what makes it hard as a parent is that the time that we spend with our kids at this age isn't the same as it was when they were younger. I mean, they spend more and more time away from us doing their own thing and creating their lives. And so for me, I kind of feel a sense of pressure to use the time that I do have to mold them into the best version of themselves. And the idea of letting any one of those things I listed go feels like parental failure which again, kind of ties back into the value of the action. Now, the second truth, remember, was that each action requires energy. Now, how much energy would you say is being spent here? Well, can we be real? It takes a lot of energy to stay on top of someone that way. To engage in this many conversations over missteps, forget just for a moment about the energy required to notice the missteps and have conversations regarding why each one of those is important, but to then, on top of it, deal with the resistance and sometimes the arguments that result, it requires a ton of energy. And so it makes sense then why parenting through the teen years often feels exhausting, doesn't it? And in the exhaustion and dealing with the unknown of how this will play out for our child, our happiness slips right outside the door and just beyond our reach. Why? Well, because we're conditioned to feel happy when life is going according to plan. Our fulfillment in life comes when the trajectory of our path matches where we believe that we should be. And when those two things don't add up, We begin to feel stress and anxiety and overwhelm and even depression. Now, we've probably all heard the idea of having a gratitude journal, right? Well, the journal's purpose is to help us shift our focus away from the things that are going wrong and onto the things that are going well, because truthfully, there are always things that are going well. But the truth is, when you are worried about your child... When your mind is spinning its wheels on overdrive, trying to imagine every situation coming up and how it's going to play out, when you are constantly on edge wondering when the next phone call will come in with bad news, it's really, really hard to experience moments of happiness. So then, what do we do? Well, what I'm about to tell you next is the key to what changed everything in my own journey. And for every parent I've coached or mentored that adopted it, it has been the difference maker. Are you ready? When happiness is not available, we must pursue meaningfulness. See, we can waste a lot of energy and time trying to pursue happiness, trying to pursue the elusive idea that things will be better when fill in the blank. Oh, I would be so happy if he could just be doing better in school. Oh, life would get so much easier if she could just find a different group of friends. Our relationship would improve so much if he was more respectful when I asked him to help out around the house. You know, I could just relax if I knew that I wasn't going to get a call from the school today. See, without thinking, we tie our happiness and sadly our peace to situations that are outside of our control. 
And so the hamster wheel begins with us chasing the ideal life for our child and we go round and round and round. But just because we're moving doesn't mean we're making progress. But as parents, it's really hard to let go of this control or should I say perceived control. It's scary and it feels completely counterintuitive, but there is a saying that the cave you fear entering will hold the treasure you seek. If we're going to make the shift from chasing happiness or even order to pursuing meaningfulness, then it requires something of us. It requires acceptance. Angie, accept that my child is failing out of school. Okay, you want me to accept that they're facing criminal charges. Are you saying that I should just accept that they are constantly sneaking out and doing God knows what every night? Is that it? I should just sit back, do nothing, and accept it. Um, Honestly, saying that all out loud has even me second-guessing what I'm saying, and that's because I'm so closely tied to these very same thoughts. See, we think that accepting something means letting them off the hook. We believe that if we don't thoroughly express our discontent and fight tooth and nail against the thing which derails them, then we may as well be condoning it. But I once heard on a podcast, and I wish I could remember where I heard it because I would love to write them and thank them. I heard that acceptance is the very foundation of the emotional stability that we desperately crave. Let me say that again for those who just tuned out for a second. Acceptance is the very foundation of the emotional stability we crave. The foundation. When you're building a house, the foundation is the lowest load-bearing part of the building. And if you don't have a strong foundation, nothing else you build on top of it will withstand And it's easy to believe that the anxiety or frustration that we're feeling is the result of our children and what they're doing or aren't doing. But our true problem is that we lost our emotional stability along the way. And that's the root of the anxiety and frustration that we're feeling. All of our emotions are tied up in their actions. And the more we focus on what our child is doing wrong and how we can fix it, the more emotionally unstable we remain the more conflicted, irritated, and anxious we are. And until we are able to get some traction in the area of acceptance, we are nothing more than another panicked person in a sinking boat. The reality of the situation is that there has to be someone level-headed that can get you out of this situation, and it's not your child. It's not your mom. It's not your best friend. It's not your spouse or your pastor. It's you. That's your mission, should you choose to accept it. And you start by focusing on where your power lies. And you begin taking action there because everywhere else is just wasted energy. Acceptance doesn't let them off the hook. In fact, the only thing that lets them off the hook, the only thing that lets them off the hook, is when they come to a place where they accept the situation they've put themselves in and they decide to make changes. Acceptance for us is about giving ourselves emotional freedom. It's about being brave enough to face the things we have no control over changing. And instead of hopping on the hamster wheel of trying to change it, 
We shift our focus away from trying to control the situation and we courageously pursue meaning. If the first truth about our actions was that each action has value, then meaning is the value that we want to align with our actions. Now, remember, the second truth about our actions was that they required energy. I think that the decision to move towards acceptance initially takes a considerable amount of energy. For me, it requires that I slow down in the moment. It requires deep breaths. It requires me to regulate my nervous system, to calm the crazy, as I like to say. But once that's been accomplished, I'm able to align myself with the value of pursuing meaning in my current circumstance. And what happens is my emotional stability increases and the energy required of me greatly decreases. See, I'm not in that frantic space of racking my mind about how I can cut them off at the pass, tracking, obsessing, anxious, angry. I step off the hamster wheel. And I'm not going to lie to you, it wasn't easy in the beginning. There are days when it's still not. Because like the hamster wheel, moving still feels like doing something even if you aren't making progress. But once we begin to shift our focus towards pursuing meaning, we notice that we are still doing something and that what we are doing, it has more value and it requires less energy and it's way more meaningful than what we were doing before. See, I share this with you because it's the only way I found to get through the challenges my family faced. And because every mom or dad I spoke with that reclaimed their own emotional stability did so by walking the path towards acceptance and pursuing meaning. Acceptance is about surrendering how you think it's supposed to be, how you think this journey is supposed to look or turn out. It's about letting go of your attachment to the outcome. Now, it won't be easy because it requires using a muscle you're not in the habit of using. You'll be fighting against neuropathways in your brain that you've already wired to handle the situations you're dealing with a certain way. But you can and will create new muscle memory, new neuropathways, and brick by brick, begin creating the foundation of emotional stability. I mean, it changes how you parent, how you view your child, your relationship with your child. It changes how you view yourself. It changes everything, and it takes time, time and a lot of grace. See, it's not an overnight fix or a mindset that you can simply download and operate from, although, oh man, wouldn't that be cool if you could? Instead, you'll have moments of success and moments of failure, but on this path, you'll find that your pain will begin a transformation towards hope. And that's an important transformation because when we don't transform our pain, we just end up transmitting it. So let's wrap up by getting practical with this idea of pursuing meaning. Here are a few questions I'd like for you to jot down. Put them in your phone, on a sticky, write them on your bathroom mirror, post them on a fridge, wherever you can have access to them whenever you feel yourself jumping on that hamster wheel. Whenever your focus is on your child and what they are or aren't doing. All right, you ready? 
Here's the first one. What am I learning about myself in this moment? Just by asking yourself that question, what am I learning about myself in this moment? It shifts your focus away from pursuing order or peace or happiness into pursuing meaning. You're looking for the meaning behind whatever is going on and what you're learning about yourself in that moment. Here's a couple more. What lessons have I learned from mistakes I've made in my life? What lessons may my child learn through this mistake? What do I want my child to remember about me and how I dealt with this situation? If I cannot control my child's actions, what can I control? And how do I want to show up in that area? Now, these are just suggestions. They're questions that have helped me in the past. And as time goes on, you'll become your own expert at identifying your own meaning. For each of us, it's going to look different because we all have different values. But remember that parenting is about the long game. And the best we can do is to begin walking the path towards accepting what is, allowing ourselves space to process through and feel all the emotions that come with that, and then finding a way to pursue meaning in it. I hope that this podcast has been helpful to you today. If you have something that you would like us to discuss on the show that you're struggling with particularly, um, or if you want to come on the show and share your own story, you can email me at closedgroup.pathways at gmail.com. You can also send an email if you just have some questions about what we talked about today, or if you would like to spend some time coaching around the topic in your own life. If that's something that interests you, again, you can email at closedgroup.pathways at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, you can do this one step at a time. Okay, friends, well, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening to Unyielding. I really hope that you found this information helpful and that it served you in some way today. If you did, could you show some love to this community of mamas by leaving a review and subscribing? You know how lonely this journey can be. And when you leave positive reviews and subscribe, it makes a big difference in helping other struggling moms out there find us. Oh, and don't forget to check out Pathways to Hope Network's website. The link will always be in the show notes below, where you can access an ever-growing library of resources like a list of local and national resources that may be helpful, a page entirely devoted to frequently asked questions, as well as our blogs that cover a variety of topics. When you visit the page, remember to subscribe so you're added to our monthly newsletter designed to encourage and educate you throughout this process and beyond. You also receive access to our closed Facebook group community, where we break down this podcast even deeper. Just a reminder, our closed group is a small group of parents just like you that understands what it's like to have a child going through the juvenile justice system. Take advantage of this opportunity to be part of a safe space where families can come together to talk about their struggles, help answer questions, and provide judgment-free encouragement. 
You can also find our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, where we post five days a week, posts designed to help keep you fighting. Remember, family is like life. It's a fight for territory, and once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Until next week, friends, remember, we are stronger together.